Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. incredible Karen Shane you are doing some really important heavy work I'm already in tears because I've been reading untold stories which is what we're going to talk about today in the campus diaries and you have the mom project you have so many things that you are doing to allow people to share their stories that haven't been told and you're, what you're doing with Untold is making me realize, and I've known this because I'm podcasting and sharing stories is my passion as well, but like the importance of being able to express your story, your trauma, your pain, what you're going through, your confusion. I'm sorry. I'm so emotional because I've read <laughs> several of these stories and they're just so powerful. And oh, we were reading 28 April, remembering the Holocaust, 10, 12. Mm. Talking about um, a woman named Helen who was a, he was put into a concentration camp when she was 16, lost her entire family. And just, we might share, well, I might read a little bit of these as we get into this because they're so powerful. But tell me about this project. Tell me about how this got going, about you, your heart. Like what got this started? Because this is heavy, powerful work. And you have to have a you have to have a strong heart to hold all this because there's so much brokenness in the world to see it is just it's it's amazing to give it this place to live and breathe and be seen. But how do you keep all of this together for yourself? Oh, oh Carolyn, um, you know you are really opening up so much because um, and you know when when we first popped on um, the listeners, I hope they know you were bawling, and I'm like, oh no, if she's crying, I'm going to start crying. Oh. Um, but it it this 
so for years I was in healthcare. I was a healthcare administrator and <clears throat> ended up being a developer, but I was, ca- I was always listening to the stories of those who are much older than we are, our, our treasured, um, uh, our treasured folks, you know, the ones that have such deep stories. And I was always captivated by that. Um, and I, I guess as I got older, I'm also a cancer survivor and I went through cancer and, and I'm giving, I'm, I'm really about to do a big data dump here. So I hope Good. that's okay. No, dump the data. I love <laughs> and, it. And I, I was cancer survivor and I got captivated by just survivorship and just getting through it and how people just persevere through cancer. And um, I created the Women Survivors Alliance, Women Survivors Alliance, which start, which we did a big convention in Nashville called Survivorville. And then we started talking about the stories and we began developing their stories and listening to not what happened to them when they were going through cancer, but what they were doing with their life after. Oh man. So you're bringing the hope, the hope back into it. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we did that for a while and then I got so captivated into the stories. I I said, I want to do, I want to find stories. I want to figure out, I want a video, I want a podcast. I want to do all these stories to to try to bring everyone together and hopefully create some kind of hope. Well, it was a cancer survivor. Her name was Rain and she introduced me to an equally fabulous Canadian photojournalist whom I adore named Lorna Dancy. And Lorna had the same passion and she said, no, you just need to connect. The minute we hooked up on the phone and had our first conversation, we said, we're merging, we're merging everything and we're going to create untold. And that's what happened. Love the title untold. How perfect. And and we knew that we had so many different categories. Like I had worked a lot with survivors. She was the one who wrote all about Helen. That's her story that she wrote about Helen. I know. (laughs) And together we both really believed in the power of positive thinking and mental health and, and, and really focused. And, you know, we're in our fifties, so we've got a lot ourselves to tell, but we also know people who have a lot of stories to tell. So that's how Untold was born. And then it, it just kept growing and growing and growing. And it just, Lorna and I just became this two little duo from Canada and this, this, this Canadian and this, southern chick from nashville and it just has grown into something amazing and you're right we have so many categories of stories from from yeah tell me the categories that you guys feature because the ones that you're promoting right now especially are the campus diaries because what a what an outlet so many I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to be in college right now, going through COVID, having everything right. viral, and then just honestly, the pressure, like having the pressure of social media be so present and the comparison and everyone, like I just remember when I was in college, I was so lost and so confused. And then add all these other variables and life situations that people have lived through, not ha- having a place to share these stories. Right. How did y'all, so how did y'all get going on the campus diaries? Well, we had all these categories. We had, she um, had done a project, uh, a breast cancer uh, project. Um, and then she had done, then she went into um, several other uh, women who have gone through or families or friends or people that she knew who had scars and what's the stories behind the scars. And, like actual uh, physical star, scars. Like actual physical stars. Yeah. And then she had a project in, uh, 
Canada called State of Mind, which was all about mental health. I have a passion for the homeless. So it's, we just kind of put all these categories together and we have a project now called Her Diaries, which we call the Mom Project for a while, but it's called Her Diaries. Um, we have street stories about the homeless, uh, you know, and, and really focusing on homelessness in both Canada and in the United States. So there, there's uh, use your voice, which is basically what's the power behind your voice where folks stand up and show a sign and say, you can do this, or I'm dealing with this. That's very powerful. So we have all these categories, but the one that threw us for a loop, to be honest, was the Campus Diaries. We were working with Untold. At, it, 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 uh, two years ago, there was no such thing. And we were working with a uh, with an intern at MTSU, and COVID was about to hit. Of course, we didn't know what was going to happen at that time, but people were preparing for something major. And we didn't know what we were going to do with this intern because we go out and collect stories and the world was getting ready to shut down for a little while. And this intern came to us and honest to goodness, this is what she said. She said, do you guys ever think about what we go through? Oh, well, and, you know, and Lauren and I were really taken aback and it's like, well, you know, we're in our fifties. It's been a minute since we've been to college. No, you know, and um, I don't have any children. Lorna has two children, but they're not of college age yet. And we're like, no. And she said, I have a proposal. You have all these beautiful categories where, you know, you're talking about mothers and you're talking about homelessness and you're talking about mental health. I want you to think about what we're going through. And she proposed this project called the Campus Diaries. Wow. And she said, uh, it needs to be anonymous because we won't tell you what we feel if we know that we're going to get blasted on social media. Exactly. Because, I mean, right. I, I can't imagine having to handle that as a college student. Now you yeah. share your most vulnerable secrets and everyone knows about it. Oh, absolutely. And and she said, you need a safe place for us to talk. She said, do you know that it takes months to get into a counselor here in, 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 in the, the campuses? Do you know that it takes a long time to get to see a counselor? We don't have access. And, you know, at that time there wasn't there wasn't some of the more online that's come up since COVID in the past two years, but she said it needs to be anonymous. They need to be able to share what they feel. You cannot edit it and it needs to be in a safe place, a safe place where we won't get bashed. Mm. And so we quickly within one month built an entire platform, um, got permission partnered, agreed with this with Middle Tennessee State University and began to partner long before we launched. We literally had to build a platform. So how did you build the platform? What what was what what was built? Well we had um we had already had our different categories, but when people submitted them, they submitted their headshot or mm -hmm. they could submit stuff and then they could click, Hey, you know, I can, we can use this. This has to be completely anonymous. So we had to go in the back end and create a form to where the students were anonymous and it had to be approved. And then we created the blog, which is, it's, it's a big blog, online blog, no, no ability to comment. And it took a little while and we thought, well, let's see if this works. We didn't want to do a whole lot because we just weren't sure this was going to work and if, if they were going to tell us anything. So we launched. Did you launch with, just at, at Middle Tennessee University? We only launched said? at, yep, only okay. launched at Middle Tennessee State University. And within 
three days, we had 50 submissions of students just writing. I don't know what's about to happen. What the heck is going to happen? We're shutting down. I don't know what to do. What, how do I deal with life? I have to go back home. I can't go back home. I don't know about online. What is happening with the world? And it was right about that time, literally, the world shut down completely. Mm. It completely shut down. And then they begin to write and write and write. Next thing you know, we start saying, hey, tell your friends, you know, share this, that this is coming or share that we have, have this platform. It was unbelievable. And as of today, we have 376 submissions from people from all over the world. And we don't do really any marketing other than, you know, social media and they come from everywhere. We have some of the stories, the wide variety of stories is there was a girl and this won't get me crying. There was a girl who was graduating and this was during COVID. She says, I'm graduating. And she said, and I should be so excited about graduating, but I'm more excited to, to tell you that I became cancer free today. And for the last two years, I was going through cancer, but I just didn't want to tell anybody because I didn't want to be looked at differently. So she says, so, you know, I did the best I could and I made it through. So I not only get to graduate, I rang the bell that it's my last treatment and I'm cancer free. Holy moly. So you get those and then you get, I'm living with the weight of the world on me. And am I doing the right thing? Am I, is, is this major right? Is and what, what do I do? Am I going to be more in debt? You know, you hear them really talking it out in their head and they're writing it down. And then you have these stories of, you know, COVID has hit, but I realize how much I love my family now. Oh. And I realize that I need to be more in tune with my family and I need to love my mom because I really love my mom. And then we just got one the other day and it really cracked me up because it was like, I'm graduating. Yep. Made it through COVID, made it through all this and I'm going to graduate. And I know that my mom and my dad are going to embarrass me. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I'm just letting everybody know it's okay. It's okay to let people, let your mom and dad embarrass you. So it's just all these wide varieties of stories of where people are. And one was really profound that um, they wrote in and said, I literally walked on campus. It's a ghost town. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do this. I'm too much of a social person. So now what we're dealing with, so that was two years ago. So now we're watching them reintegrate themselves into coming back to campus. And we're having colleges call us and say, hey, do you you have a student edition book, which we do now, which it's a small journal. And we need that here on campus to give our students because they're just now coming back into reality. And so is the book not these function well. stories, is the book, the stories put in a, in a, in a book form? Yeah. Yeah. So, we have, we have two books. We yeah. have the published book, um, which you can get anywhere bar- from Barnes and Noble to Walmart. Um, it's the published book and it is a hardback picture book of the stories. And then we have a separate book, which is very, very small. Um, it's called like, like it's only 70 something pages and it is a student edition 
where it is the same stories, but they also have places in there that they can journal. And we went, we took the, the, um, we took the questions and took the thought process from the Canadian Mental Health Association where they had questions that they actually asked kids, teens, as they were going to into college. And so we took that and kind of formulated a student edition. So it's very small, fits in a backpack. And now a lot of the colleges are purchasing them to give them to the students. So they have the stories and it's the wide variety of stories, but also an opportunity for them to journal. And of course they have the website. So, so the thing is the healing process at large is the writing of the story. Like, right. is that a big, cause a, a lot of these stories don't have a resolve. Like a lot of them, some of them are just lost in the middle of it. I was reading one where this one kid was contemplating suicide and was fantasizing about hanging themselves with their mother and like wanting to gouge their eyes out and having been on so many antidepressants and all these things and feeling never being seen or heard. And then they're in COVID and now they have debt upon debt upon debt of student loans. And then they didn't get to finish college. And now they're not even one. They're wondering what their purpose in life is. And it's like, there was no real resolve to the story. It was just sort of like, here I am. But is that do you feel that actually the sharing of the story is a huge part of the healing? It is. And, you know, we've, we have done a lot of research and um, I can't quote a lot of stats. Uh, we, we began, but we did uh, get a periodical called the Chronicle of Higher Education, which dealt with the mental health issues on college campuses. And it is broken. The, the, the system is broken and it's no one's fault. It just is what it is. There's more students that are more wanting to talk more and there, but the colleges don't, a lot of colleges don't have funding for counselors and have enough counselors. So there's got to be something else. And, and writing is very, very therapeutic. It can be cathartic. It is, there's so much about getting it out that makes you feel better. It's so you know, true. Yeah. It, it, Especially there, if you there may not be a resolution. You may have stuffed this your whole life, you know, and I love that you actually have a book because now students can pick this up. They can go through and read all of these different types of stories. They can realize they are not alone, that everyone else is going. I think that is so key too to know that you're not alone because I feel like we feel so alone, especially when you're young and you're just getting going into this life and trying to turn into an adult and figure it out. It's like you don't know you don't realize that other people are having big, 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 big struggles too. And you feel like you're the only one. And I feel like suicide thoughts are more present than ever right now with young kids, especially because of like all the things that young kids are having to deal with and carry in the mental stress. Do you feel that? Have you noticed that? Oh, absolutely. It's in the, it's in the, um, this could not come out at a better time. Uh, Of course, (laughs) it was not planned, but, um, you know, some, some of the best things that happen are the accidents that happen in life that, that may change your life. And, you know, that's what we're looking at because it, mental health, especially with the young people is it's in the news every single day. And, you know, from, from, we don't know. And, and it's because people are now beginning to talk and mental health is important and, and it's being recognized, not as, not as a stigma anymore, but it's like, okay, this is real and we need to get a handle on it. And one of the things that we did is 
we created an exhibit. Lorna um, designed an exhibit for her State of Mind project in Canada. And it is a perfect setup and it is beautiful. And what we did was it's it's a seven foot tower and it's stories. And we wow. have three of them and there's seven foot towers. There's three towers and we take them to colleges. And when we take them to colleges and we're there and we're there with our books and the students walk in, they stop. They're captivated because they go, what is untold? And then they see themselves in the picture. They see an actual college student in their picture and they're captivated. And then they start reading the stories. And it's and related. Towers, right. And they go, that's me. That's what I'm walking in. I can find myself. And my favorite story is... Can you share one? Will you read yeah. one? Can we actually like read the full story? Because I feel yes. like it's so powerful. Read your oh, favorite story. Oh, I want to wow. read the Holocaust story from Helen, but that's a really long one. But it's, I mean, you can't get through that without... Okay. I'll read this feeling. one. This one, um, and again, we don't know where these, these come from. We know the college that they come from, but we don't know... We don't know the student's name. So I'll just read this one. This one's called For the Better. Life is very overwhelming. I'm While I'm glad I moved up here to seek independence, it's not working out like I thought it would. People I knew I'd be friends with no longer speak to me. And now COVID. I can't find a job. And I just don't know about these online courses. I don't know what purpose or why I'm here. But the worst part is none of this feels like it's even in my control anymore. All I can do is keep working and keep pushing. Uh, um, these classes. Right now, I feel very lonely. I feel isolated. While I understand God puts us through the different seasons, I'm just tired of the seasons. I want stability for the first time. But again, I'm not in control and none of this is in my control. I keep thinking this is all for me to grow, but I don't know what I'm going to grow into. As a person, I can't stand not knowing the answer to everything. It's just me, I guess. I'm very uncomfortable, but I'm going to pray that all this works out for the better. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Father's Day is coming, a day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us to crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off, no dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. 
Ugh, but the Bartesian cocktail maker, it's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all natural bitters, so dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So, for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen, very sexy push-up bra from the Very Sexy Collection in on-trend hues like black shine, green, and citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. Now in this season's must-have shades and patterns. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape Fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. So, you know, you, there, there's, there's so much going on, and, and I'll read one more. This is just a relationship. To the guy I still have feelings for, it hurts me that I can still love you after all that you've put me through. I don't know what it is about you, but I just can't seem to get enough. I feel stupid. I try to stay away, but when I see you on campus, you seem to bring me back, and now I'm closer to you. I don't want to be that way. I know it doesn't make sense. After all these years I have known you, I still have feelings for you. It brings me to tears because I don't think I'll ever get over you. What about the future? No matter how hard I try, I still think on about you. I'm always going to be stuck on you. So you see, that's the that's just one end to the other, mm-hmm. one end of the spectrum to the other. And um, oh, this one made me cry. And I'll be quick about this one. Okay, I mean, is it too much to read Helen's story? I mean, that one's so long. No, no, I, I, mean, I no, don't read this have one. It in front and, of me. I, okay, yeah, let's. I don't have read it, this I one. Don't, checking. Okay. Oh, you ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> This one's called checking in. Checking in with people that you love is so important to me. At least once a week, I try to send a thoughtful text to check to see how people are doing, or I even make sure that they know that I love them. I had a friend that passed away this year from COVID. He was always the friend to check in. He was so amazing, so thoughtful, so caring, and so lovely. It wasn't fair. I truly wish I would have appreciated those texts back then. Mm. He pushed me to become a better person to people every chance that I get. He taught me that checking in can go a long way. A simple text or a call can make a big difference, people. I still have all our old texts and messages, and I revisit them sometime. COVID sucks. And still to this day, I wish I could have one more text from him checking in on me. Look at all this. Here to here. Here to here. Oh, I know. And the, and all of these stories are just so, so powerful. I mean, you just don't really realize the power that 
that a story, I mean, someone out there is feeling the same way that, that, that these three people, and they were all very, you know, obviously different people. They all feel the same way. And how, how do you, that's what's so important about writing is that you don't know the other person that you're helping. And that's what we're reminded of every day because it is heavy. It is hard. Um, Lauren and I, literally, there are days that we just cry because it is, it's so hard to carry that. And I thought it was difficult growing, you know, when I, when I was growing in my career as a healthcare administrator and I worked with older people and they would pass, you know, it just, you would think that that was heavy, but it just keeps getting heavier and heavier. And at the same time, you feel so good that you may have helped someone. I, so I want to I I ask you because I am an emotional wreck all the time. Like I <laughs> am constantly an emotional wreck. Like I am so, I'm so, I was actually talking to Allie, my intern right here. She's in college. She's amazing. So she understands the campus Hi, salaries probably more than me because she's living through it, that, that age group. But I, um, I get so broken down by these stories because it is I'm so drawn to trauma like I I realize I'm so drawn to trauma and I was like why am I so drawn to trauma but I think what I am drawn to trauma is I'm so drawn to people who are talking about their trauma because talking about your trauma is the way to get to healing and I think I finally have distinguished that's why I am someone who is so drawn to trauma because I am so yearning for us all to heal because yeah. we are all so broken and we cannot get to healing unless we start talking about the brokenness and the pain and the trauma and everything that we're feeling. Because if you keep it bottled up, it will destroy you from the inside out. It, it really will. It really will. And it, the thing is, once we try to talk about it, if we don't talk about it, you ever had like like a sore that wouldn't heal, like a... Like a um, you know, that, that needed a Band-Aid all the time. And then you take the Band-Aid off and you would bump it up something, bump it up against something. Yeah, and, and it kept reopening. It kept reopening. If you don't kind of get, if, you, if you're not able to get through stuff and everybody gets through stuff differently. And I majored in psychology and um, now I wish I had, I could go back and relearn what I learned then but have forgotten. I simply because I realized the power of the voice, the power of vocalizing what's going on in your life. And the, that's a, that creates a power of healing. And if you can't talk about it, or if you won't talk about it or figure out your best and, you know, counselor may not be for everybody. Writing may not be for everybody, but there's an outlet that will help you heal. And you need to find that. And everybody needs to find that. And, you know, there's so much shame around that too. I feel like, I feel like it's changing in this day and age, but I feel like people have so much shame in sharing their story. And I think it goes back to that. They feel like they're the only one that's going through something that is hard or embarrassing or traumatic, or it feels so heavy, or it feels like if it is shared, they won't be accepted. Like the story you showed, you shared about the girl graduating and she was fighting cancer for two years without sharing with that with anyone. Cause she didn't want people to like, talk about it or yeah. for whatever, you know, she had a feeling that like something negative might come out if she shared that very vulnerable, personal 
painful struggle and trial that she was going through. And I feel, I do feel like one of the benefits and the blessings of all this social media and internet exposure that we have now is it is giving outlets to share more and people yep. are, and people yeah. are sharing. And so it's becoming so much more common that we are, we're realizing that everyone has things that they're going through and you're not alone. And it's wonderful to talk about them and wonderful to seek help and wonderful to find someone to help guide you through all these big feelings or express them in a story or realize or pick up your book untold or all the, like you said, all these different outlets that you can get access to. I feel like now it's like this age is starting to realize mental health is such a priority more than most things that we put focus on. And that's okay. And that's okay. And everything is cyclical. And sometimes it takes stuff a while to get around for everybody to say, okay, it's, it is okay to understand why you're going through what you're going through the triggers, the trauma, and then get through it. And we're seeing a lot with that, with the campus diaries, um, you know, and, and then the powerful stories that we have just on until you kept talking about Helen, I'll read Helen. Oh uh, yeah. Let's read Helen. <laughs> I Helen. have to give a shout out to, I know, shout out to Lorna Dancy. This is okay. So the background to the story is Lorna met Helen and interviewed her and I'm so proud to announce here on this podcast that we're going to be featuring Helen in our new book that'll be out called Her Diaries and it's stories of incredible this incredible stories of moms who have overcome something and that's coming going to be down the pipe but we're doing something super special for Helen because Lorna got to go photograph interviewed but then she got to go photograph and she photographed Helen Helen's daughter and Helen's granddaughter. So three generations. And we're gathering all those stories too to talk about it. But this the is fact Helen. that Helen <laughs> could persevere and go on to form her own family and find hope and right. happiness again. It's just beyond inspiring. Okay, let's hear Helen. Okay, this is everyone listen, brace yourself because this yes. is an incredible story. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day, but let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. 
Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen, very sexy push-up bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like black shine, green, and citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. Now in this season's must-have shades and patterns. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape Fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Remembering the Holocaust, 1012 is the number she was given. Her name and who she was before that means nothing. She is now a number, a prisoner of war, and the crime she was being punished for was being a Jew. The year was 1944. She was 16 years old when she and many others were forced from the ghetto to board one of the last train cattle cars sent to the death camp. They all stood in anguish, hypnotically moving in unison to the jostling rhythm of the train meeting the tracks while the voices whispered, we are bound for hell. Shoulder to shoulder among strangers, she was alone and terrified with no family for comfort. There was no room for anyone to lay down or even move, and fear paralyzed her as minutes turned into hours while exhaustion slowly set in. The train meant for transporting cattle was overcome with a stench of urine and feces due to the overflowing bucket sloshing in its contents into the wooden floor around their feet. The stench was intensified by the hot sun's heat, causing her stomach to turn. Beads of sweat ran down her back, her clothes sticking to her skin. The only relief was a slight breeze dancing in and out of the cracks of the car, train car, not fit for humans. To save her mind from drowning thoughts, she spent her time thinking of her family, the farm, and all the love that was felt between her six brothers and sisters. She wondered if they were safe and knew the father, her father would be worried about her because she hadn't come home for the village. She had let, <clears throat> she then let her mind drift to the lovely boy who'd been teaching her ballroom dancing before she was taken. She hoped they would get married one day. She closed her eyes tightly, holding on to the memories for dear life. Two days after travel, she was suddenly jolted out of her numb state of mind by the piercing sound of whistling announcing their arrival. She couldn't help but feel relief as the tears spilled down her cheeks. Finally, it was over, but to her dismay, the horror had just begun. They arrived at the Auschwitz death camp, 
She could hear the sharp, angry voices of men yelling out orders while dogs barked to enforce them. She was terrified of the unknown and trying to stand back from the doors while waiting for something to happen. She wanted to escape as fear bubbled up inside her chest, lodging itself in her throat, silencing her scream. Suddenly, the outside chaos met them full on with the doors that swung open. People were panicking. Screaming cries were heard as the people were, were being ripped from their families. Blinded by the sun's glare, she had no time to adjust before being dragged out. She saw men standing at the top of the watchtowers pointing machine guns down at them. The, ranc the rancid smell of death enclosed them everywhere. She looked while the gray, thick ashes fell from the sky. The selection of who lived and who decided on was decided at a rapid, at rapid pace by one of the camp's doctors. He yelled right or left, keeping men alive for slavery and hard labor for the elderly mothers and young children were immediately lined up for the gas chambers disguised as showers. To control the hysteria of prisoners being separated from each other, they were prepared for the showers. They spoke to them in language, speaking calmly, gaining trust, and reassuring that the, camp, the showers were part of the camp safety protocols to avoid diseases being spread. They helped them undress and told them they would receive a warm bowl of soup after the shower and they would be united with their loved ones. Once they were in the gas chamber, the doors closed, and in 10 minutes, they were all dead. While she was in line, a woman begged her to stay, to talk to her baby, and to take her baby. She looked around, confused as fear took over, shaking her head. She never saw that woman again. She was inspected, and because of her hands, she was shown as a worker. She was given prison clothes and said, you're not going to die today. They shaved off her hair and ordered her to take off her clothes. They stood there, naked, shaking, feeling, naked, shaking, feeling ashamed and humiliated, trying to cover herself while being laughed at by the Nazi officers. She quickly changed into blood-stained prison clothes with the number 1012 sewn on the arm. She was taken to her new home, Block C. She walked in, wrapping her arms around her body while tears flowed, dropping down to the cold stone floor. They all looked at her, sullen and hollow as death's door loomed behind each and everyone's vacant stare. She wondered how long it would take to look like them. There were more people than wooden bunk beds. And she squeezed herself into one with four other women huddling close for warmth and comfort. At that moment, she tucked herself into her nightmares. All she wanted was the warm embrace of her mother's hold, telling her everything would be okay. The following day at four, an officer banged on the door and interrupting their sleepless night and ordered them out for roll call. No one understood why. The barracks and camp were surrounded by electric barbed, by electric barbed wire, making it nearly impossible to escape. After they were counted for, the numbing in her stomach reminded her that she hadn't eaten or drank for three days. She waited in line for waiting in line for one piece of bread. Once it was handed to her, she saw worms crawling on it. She shuddered, brushed them off, and with her shaking hands, she put the bread in her mouth. After she ate, she walked around, noticed the deterioration of people and their will to live. Everything that must have been so beautiful before was now dead. She gasped at what she saw, raising her hand to her mouth to, her silence, to silence her cries. All around her, the dead were discarded. The last words froze with a few fear on their faces, begging for mercy just one more time. She didn't understand why she was there or what she had done or who was capable of these humane things, inhumane things. She'd been there for over a month when she saw a young woman who arrived at camp to see her twin, to see her twin sister that she had been separated from. They both squealed in delight and ran towards each other, embracing, holding on to one another. 
everyone who saw this had tears of joy. It was the first time in a long time they were all given glimmers of hope for the future. The twins' reunion didn't go unnoticed by the Nazi officers. They immediately ordered everyone to gather around together, and what they did next was a warning to everyone as the officers grabbed the rope and tying the girls together as they embraced. They continued to wrap the girls' bodies with the rope, not stopping until they were squeezed to death. It was horrifying to watch as their fearless bodies fell to the ground. Whew, that's hard. I'm having trouble now. It's hard. Such a hard story. It was only a matter of time. She looked and she knew death's door was open for everyone. She could see it in the starved, the overworked, and the hopeless. For her, they were breaking her spirit. She constantly tried to make herself small and unnoticed. She fought the she fought for the things for fought for thoughts of survival in a battle she knew she would lose, but she still hoped in the back of her mind to see her family again. Three months after she arrived. A Nazi officer walked up, taking notice of her hands. She had lived her whole life working on the family farm, and in the end, that's what saved her. She was sent to a work camp where she worked the night shift, making bullets for the Germans to use to kill the Jews. It was cruel work, and they were slowly, and they were slowly dying from ingesting the toxic chemicals used. One day during her shift, she passed out and was taken to the infirmary. It was rumored if a prisoner was taken there, they died because they served no more purpose. She had no use for her any. She had they had no use for her anymore, and started to give her poison to speed up her death. A nurse was fond of her and gave her bits of food to eat, saying, "Eat what you can, don't die." January twenty seventh, nineteen forty five. Nineteen forty five was the day the Soviet forces liberated them. She was free to go, but wasn't strong enough because of the poison. The nurse who cared for her instructed the doctor to pump her stomach, and she was able to leave the camp alive. She was fragile. The only thing kept her going was her will to see her family again. She couldn't tell you how she got back, but she did. The day she arrived back home, there was nothing left. She stumbled to the walkway to her home and saw that it was ransacked. The animals were gone. The furniture was no longer there. Her family gone. She fell to her knees, heartbroken, and screamed out, where are you? No answer, no laughter, no brothers, no sisters, no one teasing her, no father chopping wood to keep their family warm at night. The silence pierced through her heart as she laid on the ground sobbing. She wasn't sure how long she would be on the ground. And when she looked up, the neighbors were standing over her. She was told her entire family was tied to rocks and tossed into the river. Then she was asked if she wanted to sell the farm for $40. She was the only one left. Why, the census, why did the senseless, senseless horrific war happen? Why did they all have to die? Her entire family was gone. What am I supposed to do alone? She took the money, thinking there was nothing left. Even the photographs the family gave to the neighbor for safekeeping were gone. They burned, in, they burned them in fear of being found and, were, and killed for having them. Her, fan, her grief was immeasurable. She picked up herself and walked away. She made her way into town. She recognized someone she knew. She went back to the train station and begged for passage. She was let on. Once they arrived, she tried to find her aunt, but couldn't. She could. She was told to go to a home that helped Jewish people, and they gave her clothes and they gave her clothes and shoes. She was walking down the street, hoping to find something to eat. 
And out of the corner of her eye, a man caught her attention as he rounded a corner. Her heart started to beat faster, like something she didn't really understand. She couldn't see his face, but there was something so graceful about the way he moved. She was so weak, but it, and it took her some time to catch up. When she, but when he was, he was nowhere to be found. When she, when she finally, when she got there. Her heart dropped. She was desperate for something good. She was tired of heartbreak and just wanted one beautiful moment to find her. She turned, looked away, walked away, and collided straight with the man that she had saw. Her jaws dropped. I'm so sorry, miss. Please accept my... But he stopped mid-sentence and looked at her face. It was him. Her beloved, the boy who had been teaching her to ballroom dance before. She was taken away. She gasped. And he held her at arm's length, looking at her. Helen, is that you? Her knees buckled. He caught her before she fell. He held on to her, vowing never to let her go. He touched her face, her hair. He told her how beautiful she was. And at that moment, he asked her to marry him. She said yes. They were married as soon as she could find a white dress. They had three children eventually moved to Canada. Helen speaks six languages. And as she looks back on her time that she spent 83 years ago, it still hurts her heart to remember the horror she witnessed, knowing that it will never leave her mind, regardless of her age. The one thing that she got, but the, the one thing that got her through all that year, all that was to talk and what talk about what she went through, how it impacted her. She never stopped talking about it. It was important for her people to know and to never forget. But more importantly, she didn't want her story to be forgotten. Her number, 1012. Her name, Helen Markowitz. Markovich, sorry. So the family photo that Lorna took had that wonderful man's picture Helen is 99. Wow. <laughs> 99. Thank you, Lorna, for such a beautiful story of Helen. Oh. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Oh, no. and her will to keep living. She kept living. Oh. And then she said, one day I want to find him. And she found him happily ever after. Oh, it's just <laughs> like the what people have lived through, what people have experienced is just unbearable sometimes. And this, you know, there's an untold story in every one of us, something that impacts us. That's so important for people to know that untold is about, not about the grand stories or the stories that someone has done incredible things. It's those simple stories of stuff that has happened to us in our life that has impacted our life, but ultimately that can impact society. It's just peeling back those layers. Everyone has an untold story. Everyone, everyone, everyone Everyone has that spot in their heart that makes their stomach turn in knots. That makes them feel sick. That makes them feel ashamed. That makes them feel tortured that reminds them of what they experienced that's unbearable to live through. And so for so long, we've tucked them. People will just tuck them in and live with them. What happens when you tell them? What have you noticed happens when you share these stories? Oh, it, I, it's really very, there's so many variations. Um, 
the impact, like what is going on with you right now, as I see your face, I mean, your day, your, your life won't be the same after you hear these stories, but for students, for sure, they look and they go, okay, I, I, I see me. I'm not the only one dealing with this for mothers who have, who, who, tell their untold story of, of infertility and, and, you know, or, or a a story of someone from the street, how they got there. You just don't realize how they get there. And, and those are the stories that you go, wow. I had one lady read um, one of the stories of homeless and she looked at me and she said, it just dawned on me. We are one tragedy away from being on the street. That's true. And, you know, if COVID has not impacted us to to realize how dramatically life can change just like that, it can. And, you know, it, and, and it took, you know, the whole time of cultivating these stories, we, we really dug deep and said we want to hear more. And as we read these untold stories and as we share these untold stories, we want people to feel a change in their heart, a change in their life, whether it be hope or or realizing, oh my goodness, we're one step away from being just like this, or the celebrations of life. And you really take that seriously because we're such a world now, we're such a technology world. Mm-hmm. Everything is immediate. Everything has to be immediate. But there's power in the written word and there's power in actually listening and actually hearing. And if we can learn something from that, then we're much better off society. If you were going to summarize your mission, what would it be? If you're going to say it, like, what is your, the purpose, the mission? I know you just said it, but like. I think, again, it's Lauren and I tell each tell each other all the time i mean we we live it it takes her 12 hours to get here it takes me 12 hours to get over there and we're two countries but it's about building bridges and it's so poignant with naomi and and that song i was so troubled by that tragedy um naomi judd ever she just passed away she was she struggled with mental health and was very open about it for a long time and then ended up taking her life because she was overwhelmed by it but there's so much power in that song. And, um, you know, I, Lorna, you know, she said, I, I want to build a bridge. And, and I said, well, we have a bridge between here and Canada, you know, and we laughed. And she says, no, I want to build a bridge from humans to humans who don't know they need a bridge. And I want to sit on that bridge. We need to sit on that bridge and talk to each other, bring back that art of conversation, bring back the art of listening, bringing back the moment of reading a story and going, that's what I want. Just the deep sigh and the conversations of people and letting people know, look, society can be anything we want it to be. We just need to be able to share. And the power of change, I believe, is in an untold story. Oh, man. You guys are doing such powerful work, Karen. This is amazing. (laughs) How do you take care of yourself? How do you take care of your mental health? You know, it's, um, it's so fascinating that you asked that. Cause I, I, you shoulder so much stuff and you read these stories and then you, it's sometimes it's very hard and you know, you, you just try, um, 
I decided recently to slow down and to focus on this. I was doing a hundred million things and um, I just decided to, to stop and take a breath. And you know when something's not right mentally with yourself and it's so important that we stop. And if something's not right, if we're feel, you know, depression is real. It's not, oh, you'll get past it. No, you got to figure out what works for you. And, you know, we all have it. And Lorna and I, sometimes we go, okay, we're just exhausted. Let's take a beat. And oftentimes you just have to stop and realize what you need. For me, I have to have laughter in my life. And, um, you know, how do you find laughter? Well, I'll be honest right now. (laughs) I'm doing this podcast from Las Vegas on a girl's trip that I have needed, that I have needed. And, um, I spend time with my girls and they make me laugh. Good for um, you. You do need laughter. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like we, especially when you're doing this kind of hard work, like that you're doing, you almost could feel like, Oh gosh, I, I, I feel guilty or I'm I'm not trying to put words in your mouth or say something, but like, Oh my God, I can't feel happy. I felt this before. Like I can't feel happy because I am too aware of the suffering that's happening in the world. I am too aware of all of these things that are going down. Like I cannot have joy in my life because the world is too bad, but that is not the right approach because we have to rise the energy up and you have to keep, you have to keep your joy. You have to figure out how to have daily joy or make time for joy and then bring like this work that you're doing is heavy work, but you are bringing relief and you are bringing love into the world by bringing these heavy stories to light. But you're so right. You have to find a way to have joy and laughter. And, you know, I think that's what makes Lorna and I um, work so well together. I mean, she lives in Canada. I'm from the States and, you know, um, I did get her to drink sweet tea. That is good. That's positive. (laughs) I will go look for Sasquatch when I'm in Canada, but the best thing about this team that we have is we just laugh and we can go through, I mean, we went through a really hard time, um, when we were on tour, just the heaviness. So y'all go on tour. What is we on, do. what does on tour look like? Well, we at that point we of course we're promoting the Campus Diaries book, and um, we took our exhibit, which is a monster. Uh, we took our exhibit, packed our car, and we went to all these different colleges. And we're actually planning a second tour in the in the fall, where some will be in Canada and one some will be in the United States. But she came to the states, and we just got in our car and we laughed. But we also realized one night, oh my gosh, we're so exhausted. We slept 10 hours and, but we laugh and we realize we have to laugh. And I have a lake house and I just completely unplug up there. And that is such, so helpful mentally, but I really do surround myself with people who will laugh Mm. and who are positive Mm -hmm. and who understand that even with my quirks, there's reasons because I do carry a very, very heavy load. And let me tell you, when I feel depression coming on and I will, I'll, I'll take a beat and go, okay, I'm raising my hand. I'm, I'm, this is tough. And I really need people to understand that when you're feeling that raise your hand and tell someone, Oh, that is amazing advice. Don't just push through it. Raise your hand, tell someone, 
dive, do you dive into it and understand where it's coming from? What do you do when you feel it coming on to help get to the other side? Um, I, Laughter, I try is to, that it? You just well, like I do, check I, a little I, bit? I do try to find people who make me laugh. Um, and my girls, they're my family of girls, you know, all, all cousins kind of, sort of. <laughs> We laugh, and this trip has been pure laughter. And so you I just needed it take right a pause. Right time. You take yeah, a pause, take, and you're like, I'm out for a minute. I take a pause. I go. I sit at the lake. I drink my sweet tea in the morning, and I just breathe in the lake of Center Hill. And then I can refocus, and I can go, <sighs> right. and then you just keep moving, and then you can dive back into it. But I do tell people I'm going through something. I'm suffering from something. It's coming on. I don't know why. Let me try to figure it out, but I'm letting people know. And I did. And and you, you just power through it. And that is the thing that I feel like I love that you guys are doing. And you are the whole like mission of this is we got to talk. We got to talk. Like, I don't know why, why we're so scared to talk about this stuff. This is the stuff that is like, the core of human beings is these issues that we're going through. We've got to share it. And it's yeah. not something to tuck down. It's not something to be ashamed of. If anything, like you said, let's raise our hands higher and say, listen, I yeah. need help. Like I, I am struggling right now. It is nothing to be ashamed of. I need to take care of myself and find the resources right. that I need. And, and you have to realize right now in society, in this world of everything going on, we're living in a very heavy world. We're living with Ukraine. We're dealing with a lot of death um, and not understanding. We're still dealing with COVID. We are dealing with, with the craziness of our economy. There's so much heaviness. It's like, okay, some people are out there wondering, how am I going to put gas in my car? You know, I had a, um, I've, I volunteer at a homeless community and I had someone tell me I used to live in my car. I can't afford to live in my car anymore. So the world right now is super heavy and you just have to recognize that and say, okay, it's super heavy. What am I going to do to take care of myself? And if it's a glass of sweet tea or if it's a day trip with your girlfriends or if it's just being alone and just gathering yourself together you gotta do it. You have to. You have to do it, man. Karen, you are incredible. I am so honored to have to know you. Do you live in Nashville? Yeah, I live in Brookwood. Well, I live not too far from you. Well, then we need to really meet in the flesh and blood. Let's like, connect. Okay, I'm let's totally connect. In. I want to be involved with you. You're amazing. Um, I always wrap up with leave your light, and that is just very open-ended. What do you want people to know? I want people to know that no matter what they're going through, there is another end. I want people to know that, yeah, as Lorna says, we can build a bridge, but that bridge is between the people that we love and that we know, and that will help us build our life to be the best version of ourselves. I have a friend who, who said to me just yesterday, I want to be the best version of myself. And it sounds a little cliche, but she surrounds herself with the people who allow her to do that. And mm. that I believe is super important. Surround yourself those, with the people who allow you to be the best version of yourself. Right. What happens? I was actually talking to someone 
the other day and they were saying like their friends are all kind of like downers and negative. And it's like, what happens if you've had these friends for years, but they're kind of like not excited about life, not willing to find the spark, not, you know, just kind of think it's like life's a bummer. Like, what do you do with that's your community? You have to go find some new friends. <laughs> that sounds kind of simple, doesn't it? Put, put everything in perspective. My, my thing would be, um, and I have those people if my life that, um, and you have to put everything in perspective and you can't just cut off those folks, but you can limit. And there are other people. Yeah. And there, but there are other people out there who you don't need that you may not have even met yet. Always leave yourself open and always leave yourself, uh, uh, stay positive. I try to stay as positive as I can and let your light bring a light to you mm. and they'll take care of you. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. You are amazing. And for real, let's um, get together when you're back. Have so much fun in Vegas. You need it. <laughs> Let your hair down and go crazy. I hope you want a lot of the blackjack table. And you know, <laughs> I've, I've been here a week. I haven't put one penny in a slot. We've just been, my, my three girls and I, we have had so much fun. We have eaten our way through Vegas. We've yes. seen shows and that's all we wanted to do. So um, I'm headed to the pool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, thank you for what you're doing, the work that you're doing, the stories that you're sharing, the light that you're giving to this world, the voices that are being able to be heard. I'm going to cry. Thank you so much for this great work. It's really powerful. And I am so, so honored to be in your orbit. So well, thank you for all you do. You have an amazing talent. You're beautiful. I'm going to be your friend, whether yes. you want me to be or not. Hey, I want to be your friend. So we have the same desire. So let's make it happen. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Have a great day, Karen. Thanks. Bye. Bye. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day. But let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the 
world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Artesian. Premium cocktails on demand. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now.